What's up, everybody? Mojax Boys coming back at you. Well, I think we can officially close this podcast because I think we've reached the pinnacle. Boys and girls, we have the one and only WVU head, head basketball coach, Bob Huggins, with us today. Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Now, listen, I think when we, we started this over the pandemic, yep. just in our garage, and we said, you know, if we get Coach Hugs, we may shut it down. So That's this right. may be our last episode ever, <laughs> Coach. <laughs> Don't shut it down. You're just you're on a roll. Yeah, that's true. Now listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a funny story that we've told on the podcast several times. So my son and I have a ten year old, and we're we're a little bit of basketball junkies. So we come up. Uh, he plays basketball on the weekend, so we usually come up for midweek games. And a couple years ago, he was probably five years old. We're waiting after the game to talk to you, you know. And he's heard the press conferences and all the time playing in the radio show and. We're sitting there, and the security guard tells him to back up, and he looks at the security guard dead serious and says, but my dad knows Bob Huggins. <laughs> <laughs> now now maybe he officially can can tell you yeah. he knows Bob Huggins. Yep, That's right. So, Coach, we'll start with a little uh, TBT, uh, just because that's, that's currently what's going on. We're down here in Charleston. This is really unique. Um, have you got a chance to watch your, watch your guys play in this thing? Yeah, well, on, on TV I have. On TV, I haven't I haven't uh, made the trip to Charleston. I've been, believe it or not, I've got a whole bunch of things going on. <laughs> so we talked to we've had a lot of them on the show, uh, and they just rave about how they have this environment you created where they can come back somewhere to train, and they all tell us the same thing. There's just there's nothing like it in the country. So can you kind of tell us? You know, was that a goal from the beginning to have something like that for your guys? Well, it's, you know, we did it at Cincinnati, um, and it, and, and our guys loved it. And, you know, we, I love having them back and, and, and they love being back. And so we started at Cincinnati and all those guys came back and, 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 uh, had a great time and were able to use the facilities, not near the facilities that we have here but and and so you know i it, it's the right thing to do i think and so we're bringing guys back and i've i've told the story i look down out of my office i see kevin jones leaning up against the wall taking his jeans off putting his shorts on so he can work out and i walked out on my balcony and i said kj go in go in the locker room go 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 change in the locker room and he said, Coach, no. And he said, that's, that's not our locker room anymore. That's theirs. And, and, and uh, they deserve uh, the, the privacy. They deserve everything about the locker room. We had our time there for the best years of my life. And uh, I'm fine. I said, well, what if I build your locker room? And he said, Coach, that'd be unbelievable. <laughs> so we, so we uh, built another locker room the alumni locker room where those guys can go in, uh, change, go work out, shower, uh, sit in there and talk, you know, do whatever. And uh, it, it, it's worked out really well. And I think it's, it's kind of an enhancement for guys to continue to come back. Cause I think those guys, our guys seeing those guys, seeing the success they've had, uh, seeing the monetary success that they've had going and playing. Um, I mean, it's, I think it, it, 
it helps our guys set their goals a little higher and hopefully work a little harder. So uh, it's a win-win for us. Absolutely. So in watching this TBT and really just anything post-college, I don't think defense is stressed all that much. We're, we're down here covering this, and, and everyone down here is raving, saying this is – this is so unique because the WVU guys <laughs> oh, actually defending. play defense <laughs> yeah. in this thing where all the other guys are just wanting to shoot the ball. So uh, give you a little sense of pride to watch these guys uh, play some lockdown defense. Well, it's in their, it's in their DNA. Uh, there's a, there's a couple guys that have forgotten a great deal of things, <laughs> uh, by the way. But, no, it's, I mean, they, they, what I love about them is they're, is is their desire to win uh, you know to look at a uh, john flowers who couldn't make a shot when he got here <laughs> maybe their best perimeter shooter now uh to to see kevin jones come from being a you know whatever a six foot five six foot six uh guy perimeter guy to be in the force that he is and I mean, you go right down the line. It's it's just it's fun. It's fun seeing what those guys have turned into the the player that Tariq has turned into. Uh, Tariq just uh, uh, just an eyelash away from um, making the, the Washington team last year. KJ playing with the Cavaliers. I mean, it's just uh, it's fun. It, it's fun to be able to watch them, even if I have to listen to Seth. Well, that's like, I think Tariq summed it up best. He was asked in the press conference, are you the toughest team in the TBT? And he responded, well, WVU's the toughest team in the country. So, uh, yeah, we are. But uh, just one last question on the TBT, Coach. Um, How do you feel about this Elam ending that they they have at the end of games? Well, it's different, but it's, 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 it's a very interesting deal. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you you buy your ticket. Would you rather watch two more overtimes, or would you rather have the Elam ending? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I think having a a double overtime game. I think people remember that for a long time. Double triple overtime game. But I think the Elam ending gives it certainly. Uh, it's exciting. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times we've watched and a team has been three points away and used like six possessions trying to make a three rather than just get a two. So it is the basketball uh, traditionalist in me says, keep it the way it is always. <laughs> well, that was our guys, by the way, that I think did that. Three <laughs> away. Last night, that team AOS did that too. It was it was intense. Well, Coach, well, we're gonna, we want to jump back because uh, we're a little older, and uh, the Big East, to me, was was it. Uh, I just It was unbelievable basketball. Uh, my 30th birthday is when I saw you guys win the Big East championship. So it's just a memory West Virginia will never forget. I just, you know, it seemed like when you got to West Virginia and what you instilled in the team, toughness, defense, was just an absolute perfect fit for the Big East. So, Simple question is, do you miss those Big East days? <laughs> Excuse me, I miss the plane flights. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was a little easier to go out and get on a plane and fly for 45 minutes to an hour and get off than 
apply three and a half to, to Lubbock. Uh, you know, it's a, the big, the big East was a very physical, that's the way, that's the way the commissioner wanted it. Um, and I, and I think it was probably the right thing at the right time. When you look at the, the coaches that were, that were in the league and, and, you know, to me, um, the biggest, the coaches there. When you you think about think about Coach Thompson, think about Coach Beheim, you you go, think about Jay Wright. I mean, you just Jim Calhoun, Hall of Famers, you know. And and so it was fun to be able to uh, so-called match wits with with those guys on a on a game-to-game basis. And I think we came in as being. Um, not one of the power schools in the conference. And I think we left being one of the power schools in that conference. And then, and then it was a total, total change to go to the big 12. The big 12 was uh, much, much, much less physical. The games were a lot faster. There were, there were more, uh, there, there are more, there are more uh, sleek, athletic, fast, quick guys in the Big 12 than there were in the Big East. And so style of play in the, in the, in the Big 12 is much faster than, than play in the Big East. Big East was more of a half-court league. Um, you know, it's, I, I, can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine, and, and we, have, we have all the stats that we, that we show recruits when we bring them in the big 12 far and away has produced more pros than any other league per whatever per yeah. capita we have less teams and just as many or more pros that's mind-boggling yeah when, when you think about match that with the sec the acc the Big East, uh, the Big Ten, whatever. We have we have more pros uh, than 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 any of the rest of them, considering the fact that we have the least amount of teams. When you do the math on it, we are far superior. Yeah, we're also far superior in NCAA tournament appearances and advancement in the NCAA tournament. And and I would have never thought that. I thought it was a football league. And great football league. But when you start looking at the numbers of of what the Big Twelve has done in terms of NCAA tournament, putting guys in the NBA, uh, tournament wins, whatever, we lead every conference in every category. Per number of teams yeah that's and and you've said it many times that top to bottom that round robin where you have to play everybody twice our travel which to me is just a a normal you know normal guy it would make sense to me that they would give you all a couple like more than just one or two saturday mondays when we have to travel so you just stay out and like you i mean the guys wouldn't miss a lot of school so i i have never understood why 
you know, sometimes they just don't give us more Saturday Mondays to get us back home. You understand, because they have more people bitching that it's an advantage (laughs) for us. Yeah. Be it being an athletic director, be it a coach, be it a player. Uh, they, they, they want to think that that's an advantage for us. But they don't want to admit it's a terrible disadvantage for us to have to fly to Lubbock, turn around and fly back here to Morgantown, and then turn around and fly back out to, I don't know, name someplace. Uh, Waco. <laughs> yeah. Waco. It's, it's, it's brutal. I mean, it is, it is absolutely brutal. And we're at a terrible disadvantage in that regard. Nobody wants to admit that. Nobody wants to say that. But you know, our guys, our guys take a beat uh, in, in terms of travel. And I, I, I want to make sure I say this: West Virginia University has done a terrific job of trying to make it as least cumbersome as they, as they possibly can for our guys. Yeah. But. There's no way to make that trip to Lubbock any shorter. <laughs> that's we have an RV, and that's the only place we haven't been because it's so long. <laughs> yeah, we we go to football games. We go to one away football game, and we've already said we're not going to Lubbock on it's that RV. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. Well, you better pack a lunch. Well, Coach, I wanted to ask you too. Uh, I mean, guys leaving. There's there's a fan side of this. There's obviously a business side. Uh, you know, for the fan side, we we get we get disappointed. We get disappointed when we think somebody leaves and they shouldn't. And then, you know, for, for instance, you know, Deuce, we're all excited. We're disappointed he's not coming back, but we are excited. But how do you how do you kind of there's a line there about and we've heard you say it before about you know players getting some bad advice, getting some people around them, and then you know have you have some that have great families and go to you and things like that. But how do you how do you figure all that out as far as these guys? It just seems every year people always, not just West Virginia, but they're just getting bad advice. And, you know, they're taking off and leaving early, and they end up not in the NBA, not where they want to be, I think. People listen to what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear. Hmm. And that happens pretty much at every age, at, in, in, every, in every occupation. Uh, in any race, creed, or color. You listen to what you want to listen to. You listen to what makes you feel better. Um, And there's a long, long line of guys who come back and say, Hugs, I wish I would listen. That doesn't make me feel any better. (laughs) Right. That That doesn't ease how I feel. But there's people telling them that that I have a vested interest in them staying. And they're telling them about all the wonderful things that are out there for them that really aren't out there for them. They're, they're talking about how much money they can make. They're talking about, well, you need to get it now while you can get it. You, need to, you, know, you, may, not, you may not be as draftable next year. You may not know. I mean, anything that they can possibly tell them. And they destroy kids. They destroy kids' careers. In a lot of instances, they destroy kids' lives and really don't care. And all they care about is getting their share of the pie. And it's, you know, it, it's, uh, it's sickening. It's, uh, we, we, we tried to get 
some kind of law where they couldn't do that, where they couldn't come in and, and convince these guys of things that aren't true. But we haven't been able to come up with with anything that has any teeth in it yet. You know, and then you have kids leave. Emmett, Emmett Matthews uh, left because his last year he wanted his family to be able to see him play. How do you argue with that? Right. You know, I mean, the, the kid was over 2,000 miles away. You know, and, and mom and dad did make an effort. They did come in, you know, once a year or so. I, I, I think his junior year maybe twice. That's hard. It's it, 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 it's hard from a physical standpoint. It's hard from a financial standpoint. And and so you know he wanted to uh, play in front of his, his his friends and family for a year. I, I can't fault him for that. Jordan wanted more playing time. I can't fault him for that. Um, you know, and, and and he knows. I mean, we've we've said and talked about. It. He helped recruit Deuce. He had a lot to do with recruit Deuce. But Deuce ate up his time. And and so he, you know, he wanted to go play. And I don't I don't fault him for that. I think I think the world of both of those guys absolutely love West Virginia University and the state of West Virginia. And and I mean one of our guys had gone down in the summer, and I'm like, I could have called Jordan and said, you sure so-and-so went down? He's not going to be able to play this year. Jordan been back here uh, as quick as he could go get on the point. <laughs> they, he loves West Virginia that much. So, you know, I think what maybe looks, I don't want to say bad, but different or uncomfortable on the outside, on the inside, and it really is. Yeah, and with guys leaving and the, you know, where they don't have to sit out anymore, going forward in recruiting, is the transfer portal and grad transfers, is that something we're going to have to, you know, emphasize on? Because I know we got several this year coming in that we, we've actually had on the show, but is that just recruiting going forward? You just kind of have to adapt and start entering and kind of getting kids out of the portal? Probably. Here, here's what here's what bothers me. The NCA has a guy there who was he was the innovator of the APR, which was going to solve all of our problems. We don't have an APR anymore. I mean, we have an APR, but nobody pays attention to it anymore. It was a bust. Now the same guy comes up with a portal. <laughs> He's still getting paid. He's still getting paid to come up with these things. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's like if, if somebody says, I, you know, I feel sorry for the NCAA, I want to throw up. <laughs> You're talking a multi-billion dollar corporation that they absolutely dismantled and destroyed over greed. They're great. So, I mean, I'm not sure what the answer is, but to me, the whole thing started when we 
stop putting athletic people in positions of power and we started putting uh, college presidents, uh, academicians to run sports. Yeah, that's a, that's an absolute great point. Well, Brent mentioned it. Um, we we brought in or you brought in some. Uh, we say we a lot around here, don't yeah. we? <laughs> we just <laughs> like we to, had something to do yeah. with it. Uh, well, in. you know, when you do your podcast from the garage, those things happen. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, obviously, you brought in uh, Polly, Malik, uh, Damon, so you, you did hit the portal. But as far as next year, and I know you could probably go on and on, and, and we'd love we'd, – we'd stay on your hours with you, but how how's next year's roster shaping up? Because from the outside, it looks like it's shaping up pretty nicely. Um, we're, we're, we're void of, of real size. Uh, I, I wish we maybe had, uh, a little more size. Miss Derek Culver, Derek Culver deciding to, uh, turn pro a year early, uh, hurts us. I mean, uh, Derek, Derek was the leading rebounder in the Big 12. He was the leading offensive rebounder in the Big 12. He developed into a guy that we also could throw the ball close to and score. So we're going to miss Derek. We're going to miss Derek way more than what I think anybody. I mean, everybody wants to talk about Deuce and, and, and justifiably so. But we're going to miss Derek. We don't have, we don't have a low post score. That, you know, when and before we, we could do that with Jermaine. Uh, Jermaine, a really tough matchup for a guard. And, and, and so if you think about it, we when we had to score a goal, we a lot of times threw it close to Jermaine until Derek developed into what Derek developed into. So uh, we're, we're going to be different. I think we're going to shoot the ball pretty well. I don't know a whole lot of people who are going to have uh, a Sean, a Taz, and a JB. Yeah. We're going to be able to make shots. And that's, it's going to be a different style. When that's kind of like you said, you know, talking about losing Deuce, I think one of the most underrated grad transfers in the whole country is us getting Malik Curry, who led – Old Dominion in scoring for two straight years. So I think that, I mean, obviously we're going to take Deuce if he would have come back, but having Malik fill that role uh, kind of eases that. Have you been able to watch him much in open gyms? Or you you guys are working with him now, right, Some. Yeah, some. Some, yeah, I think I think the difference, the difference is, is size and strength. We're not, we're not going to have a, a a point guard or a lead guard, whatever you want to call it, that has the size and strength that Deuce had. Right. I mean, Deuce is only six foot, but you know, Deuce is Deuce grew up a football player, so he spent a lot of time in the weight room, where Malik has not. I tell you, one of our favorites, fan favorites, that we heard the most feedback from was Seth Wilson. That kid was an amazing interview. He just seemed like such a quality kid. 
when we had him on, just like his personality was almost contagious. He, he had us all laughing. Uh, so we're kind of excited. Even before he plays a second, we're excited to watch Seth play. Well, Seth wants to be here, which I think is a, is, is a great trait. Uh, I was at the top 100 in Ohio, and, and Seth walked by me, and I said, when are you going to commit? And he said, can I do it now? And I said, yeah. So Seth's been committed since the summer between his freshman and sophomore year. High school. He wants to be here. Loves West Virginia. His high school coach is a West Virginian. So uh, we're we're excited about him. He he's a guy who, uh, at the very worst, will be a guy who will take over for Taz and Sean and so forth uh, and, and as our as our primary shot maker. But I think he's a guy now who's going to be able to come off the bench and and, and pick us up when we need picked up. Well, Coach, we know you're super, super busy. Obviously, you've got a few things going on. <laughs> so we'll wrap up uh, with some rapid fire, if that's it's okay. It's a tradition. Yep. It's a tradition on our show. And uh, everyone has said if you get Coach Hugs on, you got to do rapid fire with him. So first up, favorite food? Anything edible. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Same here. Yeah, yeah. Well, on, the, on those lines, do you have a favorite dessert? Um, I, I'm, I'm an ice cream guy. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Can't go wrong with any, any particular flavor. Well, I like, I, I was actually was at Stefano's last night with my, with my two daughters and my wife, and they have a ice cream ball that has chocolate on it. It's nuts. <laughs> a lot of things. I think his daughters are followers of ours. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Uh, and you can be as creative as you want to be or, or not with this next one, but favorite drink. What's your go-to drink? Uh, Diet Mountain Dew. Nice. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. A couple more. We'll go to the screen, Coach. Uh, I know you don't have a lot of time, but favorite movie? Godfather. Yeah. No, you didn't have That's mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, we think we're going to guess this next one from your interviews. Yep, I think I know this one. Favorite TV show? Megan the Fred. Yes. <laughs> Coach, have you watched the show Alone yet on Discovery or maybe History Channel? Alone? Yes. No, I have not. They drop these people off in the Arctic with just pretty much survival tools and they have to survive. And I think if you like naked and afraid, you would yep. like that one on history. Channel. Very similar. Yeah. And, uh, I have another question. <laughs> do you think we're the only fan base? This can be a yes and no, like you do with Jay Jacobs. Do you think we're the only fan base in the country that checks who the officials are before the game starts? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, okay, no. good. Because there's one they're, guy there. They're universally despised. <laughs> okay. Because there, there's one guy, if I see him on TV, I automatically get sick to my stomach. He hasn't called a game in ours in, in a long Since time. Since the Kansas game. <laughs> yeah, I won't mention his name personally, but if I see that man, <laughs> I think of Gonzaga <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess he was he was uh, as, as, as sick as this sounds. He was down there uh, 
tutoring, coaching the young officials. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's trouble. The, 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 what was it, an eight-minute review at that Gonzaga game? I mean, I still – I can't <laughs> – I don't know how you get over stuff like that when a fan like – It was long enough for him to get his win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. We had Teddy Valentine in the house down at the TBT. Love Teddy. <laughs> All right, Coach. Right that's right. Last question for you. Who's harder to handle, Jay Jacobs or Billy Hahn? Harder to handle? Well, most annoying, I guess. I <laughs> That's a nice way of saying. I, I would say I would say that'd have to be a toss-up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I mean, they're 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 both very irritating. <laughs> absolutely. Well, coach, we really can't thank you enough, and I know this goes without saying. You probably you probably hear this all the time, but what you do for our school, our state our kids, our families, it's, it's just unmatched. And I know you know this because you're from here and everything, but it's just, uh, it's just unbelievable to have you at the helm, uh, you know, just going to bat for our state constantly. And so on behalf of everyone, just thank you so much. And thank you for coming on here. We just really can't thank you enough. Well, I appreciate it very much. And, and, uh, fellas, we're going to build a cancer hospital. Nice. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to, you know, when you, when you look at statistically uh, how, how devastating cancer is in our state, uh, we need that in, in the very worst way. Uh, we're, we don't need to lose any more mountaineers. Right. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you again, Coach, and uh, we really we hope we maybe in the future can have you on again. Maybe sounds good. You know, there's there's those guys that tailgate over there in their garage, uh, right across the street from the from the stadium, every football game. And it, it, it's pretty neat. They have taken a garage and basically made it into an outdoor kitchen in the garage. Really, that's and, pretty uh, neat. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty we're, neat. We're gonna. So they, they're cooking the whole time in there. We're going to try to take care of your boys uh, tonight in Charleston because you know that's that's legal now, right? We can we can we can pay for a meal, right? Can we? Can we do that now? We're allowed to do that now. Uh, Nil. I I check with compliance. <laughs> yeah, I mean you just never know anymore. Yeah, so I mean we started this thing in the garage. Now we're in a pretty nice little setup in Justin's media room up here. Uh, it's blasted with WVU it's, stuff. It's all WVU stuff right. up here. That's right. So, As it should be. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Coach, again, thank you so much. We hope to catch you down the road, and uh, hopefully we can win this thing tonight and Go head to Dayton. to Dayton. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm all for it. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank Thanks you. again. Take care, guys. Thanks. Uh-huh. This episode of Mojax brought to you tonight by Gino's Pizza and Spaghetti of South Charleston, home of the 999 Big Cheesy, and now featuring the Mojax, a delicious barbecue or buffalo chicken pinwheel. Mm-hmm.